I like the way Richard prays, man. He prays like David, man. Just bankrupt him. That's smut. You know, Manny's not here, man. I bet if we just prayed all night, he would never know, man. So I'm willing to put it up to a vote. So, oh, man, Lord. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Pray again. Uh, Generally, Father, Lord, I thank you again for tonight, Lord, and all the requests that were made. And, and Lord, I just pray that, that Lord, that as we read your word, Lord, that uh, it would be your word, Lord, that just speaks to our hearts, Generally, Father, Lord, that I wouldn't get in the way of it, Lord, I wouldn't add to it or subtract, subtract from it, Generally, Father, but it would just be your, your, your word, Generally, Father, Lord, that penetrates our hearts, Lord, and, and Lord, I just thank you for these two chapters, Lord, and, and, uh, uh, how they spoke to me, dearly Father, and and so Lord, we just uh, again just lift up all of those requests and that were made, and and also just all the requests that are on our hearts, Lord, that maybe weren't mentioned, Lord. You know them, you know our hearts, you know our our fears, Lord, our our um, uh, things, Lord, that just put us into distress, dearly Father, like we're going to read about. And so, Lord, I just we lift those things to you, Lord, and. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you again for tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to read chapter 54 and 55. It sounds like a lot, but uh, not when I read them. (laughs) Manny talked about going over today. And, uh, uh, you know, man, we're going to make up for that tonight. So uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and open up to Psalms. Chapter 54, and uh, and read it. It says, Answered prayer for deliverance from adversities. To the chief musicians with stringed instruments, a contemplation of David, when the Zephonites went and said to Saul, Is David not hiding from us? I'm sorry, is David not hiding with us? Save me, O God, by your name. And vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eyes, my eye has seen its desire upon my enemy. Um, you know, I get a little criticism sometimes. I think uh, from my brothers, man, they tease me because uh, they say I cheat, man. They say, you know, I don't, I don't break that, break it down scripture by scripture that I'll, I'll read what is the uh, uh, the background for that. And, uh, you know, I plead guilty, man. <laughs> you know, I do. But you know what? It's not only because I want to cheat. It's, uh, it's also because, you know what? It, it, gives a, a, it gives a background. It gives you an idea of, of what David's mindset was when he wrote it. And, um, and so, you know, I, I like to do that. I mean, really more for myself than anything else. Um, but we're going to do that tonight. Um, just a, a quick background. I, you know, I look around and I see everybody here and probably many of you know the word a lot more than I do. Um, but I mean, everybody's familiar with David. Uh, everybody knows who he is. Um, you know, he was a shepherd boy, you know, he, uh, killed Goliath, you know, from killing Goliath, you know, he, uh, he, you know, he got sent over to, to live with Saul, you know, as a young man and, and he was a musician, man. He was a, a warrior. He became just this, uh, uh, just a great warrior, man. I mean, in battle, and and they would sing songs about him. You know that you know David has killed his thousands, and and or his ten thousands as Saul killed his thousands, and and so you know he just became uh, just this mighty, mighty man. You know, in the sight of all of Israel, and uh, and Saul becomes jealous, right? Saul becomes jealous of of the attention that David's getting, and and uh, feels threatened by him. And, you know, it finally comes out that, you know what, Saul's going to kill him, right? And um, and so he decides that, you know what, um, it's best if I leave, man. It's best if I, if I run, you know, because, man, he, he, he's, he's going to take me out. You know, I'm a threat to the guy. And so 
you know, he does that. He takes off on a run. And it was during that time that a lot of these psalms are written um, because of where he was at, what he was doing, uh, how he felt. And, um, and so we're going to go in and we're going to read that background of, of where David is uh, during that time. If you want to turn to um, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22, uh, verses 1 and 2, we're going to start there. So here he was, he was on the run. And I went a little bit further back than just where where he wrote the psalm, uh, just to give us, a, again, just a better idea of what was going on and uh, as he had, had left and was running from Saul. Uh, it says in chapter uh, 22, verse uh, in the first verse, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. And so he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. You know, this is, David up to this point is kind of on his own. You know, he has kind of, he, take, he had taken off um, Jonathan, who was his best friend, who was Saul's son, um, you know, kind of they came up with this plan that, man, he better go because Saul was going to kill him. Um, so he was kind of on the run on his own. But I wanted to take us back to 22 because this is the first place where we start seeing that David is gathering this army, you know. And, um, and you know, 400 men uh, that come and join him um, along with their families, man, along with their families. And, and uh, so there were, there were women there. There were children there. And so, I mean, just a, a huge group of guys, you know, 400 guys. Um, and they come. But look at the look at the type of people that came, man. They were those that were in distress, those that were in debt, man. Those that were discontented. Um, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like these guys were coming, man, and they were just like they came as warriors. You know, they, they weren't, man. They came and they were just all messed up. You know, they were um, they were the castoffs, man. They were they were the ones that that you know. Sound like me, man. I mean, they were in, they were in distress. They were in debt. That sounds like me. Um, you know, they were discontent. They were just, you know, they were a ragtag team of of guys that that got together. You know, um, and they were running from Saul. They, you know, they were just being oppressed, man, and they, they were just like not finding their place there in, in society, right there. And they were just at their uh, at the end of themselves, man. And they find out that that David is in this area, man, and and, uh, you know, they had heard the stories of David. Maybe some of these guys had fought with David before. And they said, you know what, man? We're going with David. And they decided to drop whatever they had to leave their homes, leave the, the safety of where they were at. And they said, man, you know what? I may be all messed up. But you know what, man? Something's going on with this guy. And they said, man, I, I, we're going, you know. And so that's uh, the group of guys that he became captain over. Um, you know, the Bible says that God chooses the base things of this world, you know, to confound the wise. You know, I mean, when you talk about base things, man, I think of our Wednesday night fellowship, man. You know, <laughs> you know, I, you know uh, I tell you what, man, our guys that, that get together, you know, I tell you what, the, the guys that get together there, man, I love them, man. You know why? Because they're real. And, and they come with, you know. No, no pretenses, man. They're not trying to pretend to be anything. They're not, you know, they're coming. And they're saying, man, I got, I got this problem. I got that problem, man. I got, you know, I'm in debt, man. I'm in distress. I'm in this, I'm in that. And you know what? We gather together, man, and we give it to the Lord, you know, and it, man, it's a beautiful, beautiful time. But I, I take us back to that because one of the, one of the most beautiful things I love about the story of David is his mighty men of valor, you know, I mean, man, the story behind the mighty men of valor, man, is awesome, man. I love these guys. Or even just hearing about the stories about these guys. Um, and, you know, I, I start off in chapter 22 because 
that's not how they started off. They, they didn't come as mighty men of valor. They came as these guys that were discontented, man, that were in distress, that were in debt. But then when you jump forward and you read about their exploits as mighty men of valor, and you say, man, these, these are the same guys, you know? But that's a work only God can do, right? It's something that David did with these guys. David invested his time in them. He invested, I mean, David was a warrior, right? I mean, David was, was I mean, just elite, man, you know, in what he did. And as these guys that came to him just all messed up, the Bible says that he taught them how to fight with a sword in their right hand, in their left hand, on horseback, you know, archery. He just taught them all of that, you know, and he just invested his time, you know, his his efforts, man, and and, and it paid off. They became these mighty men. Um, you know what? Second Samuel, if you want to turn there. I wanted to touch on these guys really quick. Chapter 23 in Second Samuel. Just to give you an idea of these guys, if you guys have never read uh, about these guys, it's, uh, man, it is just, it's just cool reading. First, uh, I'm sorry, Second Samuel chapter 23, starting at verse 8. It says, these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. I'm going to mess up these names, just like Manny was talking about. Josheth, uh, Josheb, uh, the Tachmanite, I don't know, chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Eznite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Alazar, the son of Dodo the Ahite, who of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated, he had arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand had stuck to the sword. And the Lord brought about a mighty victory that day. I mean, this was a guy, man, who, you know, he went, the Philistines were there, man, and it just says that he didn't wait for them. He attacked them. You know, and it says he fought until his his sword had just stuck to his hand. And he was just, I mean, he was just, you know, just throwing guys down, man. I mean, they were just going down like flies. Um, and after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop uh, where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field and he defended it and he killed the Philistines. And so the Lord brought about a mighty victory. Then the three of the then three of the thirty chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of, of Adalam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Reshphim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrisons of the Philistines was there was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate. And so the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines. They drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the, by the gate and took it and brought it to David. And nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went, to, went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. Now that is one of the coolest stories, man. Is is that story of of these three guys? I mean, I and I don't know if I read it all messed up or or if you really got it. But the picture is that David is is kind of hiding out and he's in this cave and he, and he's praying out to God and he's saying, you know what? Kind of like I'm homesick. You know, he's saying, man, I wish I could get a drink from that well that's from my hometown in Bethlehem. You know how sweet that water would be. You know, just missing where he was. He's been on the run for so long. And three of these mighty men, I mean, these buddies of his, man, these guys that loved him, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they hear this. They overhear David say that, you know, and they go to each other and they say, you know what? Let's go get him a drink of water, man. You know, and they go, man, and they go, it's basically like going behind enemy lines, man. They go, they break through those, those, uh, 
um, those lines, you know, go go behind enemy lines, man, and they, they go and they get that water and they come back and they, they bring David that water and they say, man, here, man. And he's like, what? You know, and he's like, you know, and they said, now this is water from that well, you know, and he's just so blown away by, by that love and that loyalty that, you know, what he says, man, I can't even drink this, you know, and he just, and he pours it out onto the ground, you know, and he says, man, you know what? I've given it back to God. You know, and he says, Lord, this is a, this is a sacrifice to you. You know, I can't drink this, you know, I mean, but these were the heart of these men, you know, this was the heart of these guys that man, just knowing that David desired this man, that he wanted it. They said, man, let's go get it for this guy, man. I mean, these, these guys were awesome, man. And you know what? You can continue going on and on and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I mean, there's, there's a mighty man that kills lions. There's a guy that kills this big old Ethiopian guy and, you know, basically rips the spear out of his hands and kills him with it. I mean, you can keep going on. And it's just the exploits of these of these uh, mighty men of valor. But these were those same guys that started out just all messed up, you know. Basically, like I said, the cast-offs of society, you know, that were no good to anybody. But by spending time with David, you know, they became these mighty men of valor. And knowing David is an example of Jesus Christ. You know, and it's an example to us. You know, it's a lesson for us that, you know, we come to God with nothing. You know, we come to Jesus Christ with nothing to offer him but ourselves. You know, but by 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 him investing in us, by us spending that time with him, man, you know what? We can become a lot more than we can ever, ever imagine, you know, and that's only through the power of Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and... Uh, Jump on back to First Samuel. Hope you saved your place. And we're going to read more about the, the background of when David wrote that psalm in, in Psalm 54. Uh, chapter 23. Verse 1, it says, then, then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah. And they are robbing the threshing floor. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? And then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah. For I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and the men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. And so David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. You know what I like, what jumps out of me right away on, that, on those verses is that David would ask of God. You know, uh, he's on the run, you know, he's, he's scared, he's all alone. Um, and he goes and before he would make a move, he would call on the Lord. He would go and he would ask the Lord, you know, um, what do I do? You know, um, and you know what? God would answer. Him. Uh, continue reading there on verse six. Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Amulek fled to David, Akilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand and Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. And Saul said, Go, and God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war. Go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And when David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abithar the priest, Bring the ephod here. And then David said, O Lord, God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into, their hand, into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So David and his men, about 600 arose and departed from Keilah. 
and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, so he halted the, expedi- the expedition. You know, one of the things that, that, that uh, gets me, man, is that uh, here David is. He's on the run. He's kind of developed this army. He got these 400 guys that, that he's trained up. And, and, uh, and, and so he's still on the run. You know, he's still on the run. And now he has all of these guys, and, and he's training them up. And you know what? He gets word that, that this place is getting attacked, right? Um, and you know what? And, he, and Saul's not, Saul is king, and Saul's not doing anything about it. And he's like, man, he's hearing these stories, man. You know, they're getting invaded and, and, uh, and you know, all these people are getting killed. And, and so he goes to God and he says, man, you know, I kind of got this ragtag team. We're not much, but God, do you want us to go to defend these people? You know, because Saul's not doing anything, you know. And God tells him, yeah, go. And so he goes to his guys and he tells his guys, all right, guys, you know what? God's telling me, man, that, you know, you know that place over there is getting invaded. We've heard those stories. God says, we got to go fight. And they're like, man, we don't want to go. You know, <laughs> they're like saying, man, we're, we're all right. We're afraid right here. You know, now you're telling us to go, go like be visible, man, go out and, and fight. You know, and they're like, no, we don't think so. You know, and, and, uh, and David here, man, well, I like David's attitude because David doesn't just say, hey, you know, I'm the boss. You know, he doesn't say, well, I'm, the, I'm in charge. You know, God has told me we're going, so we're going. He doesn't say that. It says that first he asks God, God tells him to go. He tells his guys, his guys say no, you know. And then so then he goes back to God again, you know. And I just think that's how humbling that is as a leader that David was. That he said, okay, you guys don't want to go? I'm going to go pray again, you know, and we're going to ask God again. And God tells him again, yeah, you know what, you got to go. So now, amen. He goes back to the guys and he says, man, we're going. And this time, you know what? These guys, I think after seeing the heart of David, they didn't have a problem going. They're like, all right, man. You know what? You went and prayed about it again. God told you again, yeah? All right, man, let's go. And God gave them a victory, you know? I mean, that to me, that is just so awesome, man. And I also like on, the, on, the, on verse uh, 13 where he says, well, now when they were done there, they had 600 guys. Remember, he had 400 just a little while ago. You know, and now he has 600. I mean, I think when God is doing a work, it's evident. When God is doing a work, when they see it, when, when men see the anointing of God on someone, on the leader, you know what? There's going to be an attraction to that. I think that's just a draw, man, that, you know what? God is doing a work. You know, he's doing a work in a lot of different places, doing a work here, you know, and to a large extent, I mean, and it's not to blow anybody's head up, man, but I see the leadership of this church, you know, um, and its elders and its pastor are guys, man, that I see God doing a work in themselves. You know, God is, they're filled with the spirit, man. They're doing everything in prayer. They're, they're moving forward. And you know what? There's an attraction to that where you know what? You just want to get on board and say, man, I just want to be a part of it, man. Whatever, in whatever capacity it is, man, I don't care what it is, you know, but I see God doing the work, you know, and there's something about that. And, and I think David was experiencing that too. Um, one of the other things that jumped out at me about that, David again would go and ask you know, the Lord. He would go and, you know, it says that he went to the Lord again, you know, and asked. Basically, after he had already gone and defended this, 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 I don't know what it is, if it was a state or a country or a place or whatever, but he defended that land, um, you know, he hears that Saul's on his way. You know, Saul got word while David's there. And before David did, or Saul didn't want to go and attack the Philistines when he, when, you know, they were the threat. But now when he finds out David is there, he's like, you know what? He gathers an army together and he says, let's go get David. So his priorities were all screwed up. Right. He just had vengeance on his mind. He had that jealousy, that, you know, anger, man, all that stuff was driving him at this point. So Saul's already just crazy, man. He's off the charts. And and, you know, David goes to the Lord and he says, you know, are they going to turn me over to him when Saul gets here? And and the Lord says, yeah, you know, they are. And so he says, I got to go, you know, but but one of the one of the cool things 
that was convicting to me was that when David would go to the Lord and ask, he would get an answer, you know. And, man, I felt so convicted about that because, you know what, I don't know about you guys, but I go to the Lord all the time asking for instructions. But you know what? I don't wait for answers, you know. I rattle them off. Lord, I need help with this. Lord, show me this. Show me that. And and I need your help in this area of my life. I need your direction in this area of my life. Amen. And then I'm gone, you know. And you know what? David, it seems like here, he would ask of God and then wait. And God would give him an answer. How that it was answered was given, I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't say that it was verbally. It doesn't say it was in his spirit. It doesn't say it was confirmed one way or another by somebody else. I don't know, and it doesn't say. But it does say God gave him the answer. And whatever answer it was, it was clear. You know? You know, I need that in my life. You know what? I think a lot of us, man, we need to wait for those answers from God. And, and expect for God to answer those prayers one way or another. You know, to give us direction, to give us instruction. And just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, man, who is speaking to us, you know. I mean, to me, it was just convicting, man, when I was reading that. It just kind of jumped out at me. Uh, Verse 14. says, uh, When David stayed in the stronghold in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph, Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had had come to seek his life, and David was in the in the wilderness of Ziph in the forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods, and he strengthened strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, "Do not fear, for the the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that." So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his house. When the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding with us in strongholds in the woods, in the hill of Hakala, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desires of your soul, of your soul to come down and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. So this is where he writes Psalms 54. Did you catch that? When he says that, you know, he was, the Zephonites went up to Saul and they said, man, you know, is not David hiding out, you know, amongst us, you know, that's exactly what went on, man, right here. And that's when he wrote Psalms 54. You know, two things kind of jump out at me. On uh, that portion, the whole portion of scripture. One is that um, David uh, would go to the Lord and ask for those instructions, um, and he would wait for those answers. And it seems like he would get those directions from the Lord pretty quickly. Uh, but you know what? He would also not use. Um, that as an excuse for not to do anything, you know, um, I think sometimes, man, and I'm guilty of it, you know, you come up to, you know, across a situation where, uh, you're needing the Lord's direction or you're, you're wanting his help. Um, and so you ask and you don't think you have an answer. And so you do nothing, you know, um, that's not what David did, you know? Um, David would ask for those instructions. Um, he, like in that case of, of when Saul was after him, um, you know what? He heard that Saul was after him and he takes off, you know, um, probably open to whatever God was going to do. Uh, but nonetheless, man, you know, he took off, you know, um, the second thing was, uh, was that, uh, God, well, you know what? God uses uh, the enemy uh, to really do his will. 
And uh, we're going to read a little more, more about that as we continue down. Um, And Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the, of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you. And it shall be, if he is in the land, uh, that I will, uh, well, I will search him uh, search for him throughout all of the clans of Judah. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Moan, in the plain on the south of Jishim. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Moan. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Moan. And then Saul went on the side of the mountain. Uh, went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And so David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. And then David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds of Engedi. I don't know how smooth I was in trying to in uh, trying to cover that up, man. But I I screwed up. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to uh, comment on those two things until I had finished reading that, um, because because uh, like I said, the two things that kind of jumped out at me about that entire passage was uh, like I said, David David ran when he got when he got that word that Saul was on his way, um, he took off. Um, you know after. Uh, those Ziphonites had gone down and basically decided that they were going to, you know, hand David over to him. You know, the loyalty that, that even some of Saul's men had for David. Remember, they, they fought with David. They went to war with David. And so a lot of those guys were still loyal to him. And so when word got out that David, that Saul was going to go and, and get him, um, so these men go ahead of, of Saul. And they go and they tell David, man, Saul's coming. You know, and so David says, all right. And he takes off. And it was such a close call that, that uh, you know, as Saul was coming up one side of the mountain, David was going down the other side of the mountain. I mean, it was just, they were right on his tail. And uh, and so that, that, struck, that, that just kind of struck me. Like I said, the second thing was that how God will use uh, our enemy or even his enemy, you know, to do his will. Here the Philistines, um, by invading the land, Save David, you know. Philistines hated David, you know. Remember, David killed Goliath. Goliath was their, you know, he was their shack, man. I mean, he was, you know, he was their big man, you know. He, he, you know, and their, and their, you know, David as a kid took him down, you know. They, they hated David. David killed thousands of these guys, you know. And so, I mean, it was just kind of funny to me that God even used them to save David, you know. And, uh, you know, I just was <laughs> kind of thinking, you know, you know, how dumb these guys must have felt when they heard out, heard later, you know, that, man, Saul was like right on his tail, man. Saul was ready to take him out, you know. Man, if we would have just waited, you know, a couple extra days, man, before we invaded, you know, he, Saul would have got him. Saul would have taken care of that guy that we hate, you know. But yet, God used them and what they did in order to save, to save David. You know, I just thought that that was, that was pretty cool. Psalms 54, you know, I wanted to go and I wanted to, to read it again and uh, really quick. And I just wanted to just remind you to now as we read it, um, we get a little better idea of what was going on with David. Um, he was in distress, you know, not only was he, is he on the run now, but he's kind of on the run with a ragtag team of guys that probably he feels responsible for now. I don't know how well equipped he felt, you know, as far as 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 a leader. I think this is his first time really as a, a leader of such a huge group. Um, so he's in distress and he's just totally relying on God, you know, for every move, you know, whether or not 
to to you know go here to fight this battle or not to fight that battle, leave it alone or or to run or not run or you know in in everything man he's just crying out to God and asking for for direction and so I don't know if any of you have ever been in that position I have um, where you're just totally depending on God to get you through something and uh and that's how David felt at this time um so I wanted to go back and read it again, and uh, this time, knowing that uh, that background, see if it if it means a little bit more. It says, "Save me, O God, by Your name. Vindicate me through Your strength. Hear my prayers, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them." Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eye has seen his desire upon my enemy. And to me, that just meant so much more, man, after reading Psalms, or after reading uh, Samuel. Um, and David's heart just pouring out, saying, Lord, I'm depending on you to get me through this trouble, you know. And, uh, man, it was, to me, it was just really, really cool. And we're going to cover 55. Uh, we want to continue. It says, trust in God concerning the treachery of friends. To the chief musician with stringed instruments, a contemplation of David. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and mourn noisily. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around on its walls, inquiring uh, inquire, uh, I'm sorry, iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has ex excited, exalted himself against me. Then I would hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, my acquaintances, we took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is their dwelling and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from of old, because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. He has put forth his hand against those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. He, the words of his mouth are smoother than butter, but war is in his heart. His words are softer than oil, yet they are, they are drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. In this chapter, um, he's talking about uh, the trust and treachery of, of, uh, of friends. Uh, evidently, during this time, uh, David, I think, was really feeling... Uh, alone, you know, uh, he was feeling as though people had just really turned his back, their backs on him. You know, remember, like I said, <clears throat> he was a popular guy. 
You know, he, you know, like I said, man, he was a warrior, man. He had gone into battle. And like I said, man, as, as he would like just enter the city, the, it would say that the women, right? The women would actually cheer for him, you know, as he would enter, enter in after a battle. And, and that's when they would say, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. I mean, you know, this guy just, you know, he had it going on, man. I mean, you know, he was just a very, very popular guy. And probably whenever, you know, you know how it is when, when things are going your way, man, everybody wants to be your friend, right? And so, you know, he probably was used to that. He probably enjoyed that. And now he is on the run, and people are trying to turn him, you know, over to the authorities, man. You know, he's being double-crossed. You know, there's just no loyalty. Um, he can't trust anybody. Um, you know, he has these ragtag guys. Like, he's like, oh, Lord, man, is this even a help? You know, I mean, maybe, you know, just more of a hindrance than anything. I mean, just really feeling alone, you know. Um and I tell you what, I, I read it in uh, in the New Living Translation, and if you don't have that, that's okay. But I wanted to read it again in in, uh, in the New Living Translation um, because, man, it just gave me a clearer picture of of uh, of what David was saying, um, and it meant a, l- a little bit more. It was a little more clearer to me in the New Living Translation. So if you have it, you can follow along. If not, I'll just read it. Um, it says, "Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help." Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. Then I could fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape from this wild storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, and frustrate their plans, for I see violence and conflict in the city. Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders, but the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. It's not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who are arrogantly insulting me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companions, and close friends. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. Let death stalk my enemies. Let the grave swallow them alive. For evil makes its home within them. But I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battles waged against me. Though many still oppose me, God, who has ruled forever, will hear me, and he will humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. As for my companions, He betrayed his friends. He broke his promises. His words are smooth as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not allow the godly to slip and fall. But you, O God, will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young. But I am trusting you to save me. Man, I I love that translation, man. Because you really get an idea of David, man, just feeling betrayed, man, like not having a friend in the world. You know, <laughs> uh, the Psalms, I mean, if I, if I understand it right, were, were like songs, you know, and David was a musician, you know, and, and he was known for that. And, he, and many of the Psalms are attributed to him and and uh, and, I, and I, if I'm correct, a lot of them were songs. And I was wondering. I mean, it doesn't rhyme, but I mean, <laughs> but I don't know if it was, you know, it was uh, if this was a song. Um, and uh, and when I was putting this this uh, you know thing together, and um, you know, it was late at night, and so I might have got a little loopy. But uh, but I was, you know, my imagination started started taking off on me, and uh, and I was thinking that you know what. Maybe this was a song that David had had written while he was, 
you know, in hiding, you know, that he had written this song. And uh, like I said, my imagination kind of went off. And, and I started thinking, you know what, what if he wrote this song and, and uh, this song got back, you know, to his old friends, you know. What if they got back to, uh, you know, where, where he was from, you know. Um, and, and I started thinking, you know what, I mean, these guys have turned on him, you know. These guys, I mean, they probably heard this song, you know, man, and maybe they laughed. You know, maybe they said, you know what, man, David's going down. Saul's going to get him, you know. And and like I said, my imagination was just going going on. And, and I was thinking, you know what, what if Jonathan heard that song? You know, remember Jonathan was, was David's best friend, man. They were they were tight, man. You know, they were just so tight. They were like brothers. And Jonathan saw such an anointing on David that although all the rights to be king were his, he went to David and he said, man, I see God on you. And I'm, you know what, I give that to you. You know, I'll be, I'll be second fiddle, man. You know, because God has his hand on you. And... You know, as I thought about it, um, I was just thinking that, you know, when Jonathan heard that song, that, uh, you know, his heart must have broke, you know, that, see, man, that's my friend. And he's feeling like that. And uh, if you turn back to 1 Samuel 23, 14, kind of went back to that, that scripture. And you know what, man, I, I don't want to be accused of trying to read between the lines or anything. I'm really not, I'm not trying to do that, but I see verse, uh, chapter, first Samuel chapter 23, verse 14. It says, and, uh, and David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in the forest. It says there, And then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and he went to David in the woods, and he strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Man, what a friend, man. What a friend Jonathan was. Like I said, I don't know if I'm reading into it. I don't know how Jonathan heard that David needed a friend, but he knew. And he went to David. He said he rose up from wherever he was, from his home. You know, man, David was in the wilderness, man. So it wasn't like, man, driving down the 10 freeway for 15 minutes, man. He journeyed, man. I mean, he was, he, he felt the Holy Spirit, man, I feel just on him in such a way that he said, man, I need to go to David, man, and I need to encourage him, you know, and verse 16, he strengthened his hand in God, man. I mean, this is just, to me, right here is, is, is a, uh, um, basically, a a layout you know, on, on how to encourage a friend, you know, for all of us. Because in verse 16, he says, strengthen, he strengthened his hand in God. You know, a man, he didn't go to commiserate with him, you know, pat him on the back. It said, man, he went to strengthen him in God. He pointed him back to the Lord, you know. He saw David in, in, in where he was at, and he says, you know what, man, you got to look to God, man. Look to the Lord. Verse 17 is that he reminds him 
of the plan that God has for his life. Man, that was amazing. He reminded him that, you know what, man, remember when, when the prophet came to you, man, and he anointed you with oil and he says, you're going to be king? You know, he just reminded him of the plan that God had for his life. And he says, man, you know what? <laughs> I know it looks bad right now. You know, I know that, that you know, you, you feel like you don't have, you know, anybody in the world. But, man, didn't God say that he has planned for you? Man, what a friend. And then verse 18. He says he made a covenant with David. You know, that's a promise. Um, you know, I don't know what that promise was, man, but you know what? I think it was a promise of, you know what, man? You can count on me. You know what? You're not alone. I'll pray for you, man. I'll pray with you. Um, if you need me, man, I'm going to be there for you. You know what? And, and, uh, I was just thinking, you know, like I said, it was late, and you know, and uh, and uh, and I was thinking about that, and I was just thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder how crucial that was in David's life right at that moment. You know, I wonder if David was at, at that point. I mean, because you read that Psalm fifty-five, and and man, he's just so down that you know. I wonder if he was at that point where he was ready to give up, and he was ready to give in. He was saying, man, it's not worth it. You know, here I am. Look at me, man. I'm, I'm in the woods, man. I'm in the, I'm in a cave. You know what? I got all these people looking at me and, and looking for me to lead them somewhere. And, and Lord, I got people backbiting me, man, conspiring against me, out to get me. You know what, man? I'm done. You know, and I was just picturing him doing that just at his wit's end and, uh, <laughs> and looking up. And seeing Jonathan, man, you know, just walking up the road. And, uh, man, I tell you what, um, man, I was just crying, man. When uh, I was just uh, thinking about that. Because, you know what? You know, I know for a fact, over and over again, you know what? God has given me that. When, you know, you're at that time where you're ready to give up. You know, you're ready to give in. And the Lord, man, puts it on somebody's heart, a friend, man, to call you up. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and to say, man, I'm here for you, man. You know, I'm here to pray with you. Um, you know, there was a, a, an instance that uh that uh, I was going to share or I'm going to share um that happened when uh when it was just right after becoming a Christian and I've shared it with the guys on Wednesday nights and and uh um I don't know if I ever shared this with my wife but <laughs> but uh, uh it was a it was a uh, it was funny you know I mean I had um I drank a lot you know before coming to the Lord and um and uh, me and my brother-in-law would, would, man, would every, it was a daily thing, you know, and there was always a big issue between my wife and I because I would come home and she would walk real close to see if she could smell anything on me, you know. She'd give me that whiff, you know, and, and I, I would, you know, I would hold my breath when I walked in the door, you know. And, uh, and um, so, you know, I, I drank a lot. And it was so funny because when I came to the Lord, it was as though the Lord really just for, in, in, a, in a big way had taken that away. Um, and... Uh, um, Really didn't struggle with it, you know, and I know that that was the Lord. Um, but it wasn't long after coming, you know, I was still new in, in the Lord. And, and uh, I remember driving and I drive a lot. And, and so I was driving and there was this one bar that me and my brother-in-law was stopping and we'd play pool sometimes. You know, we would we'd have drinks and we knew guys that always hung out there. I mean, you, anybody that's gone to a bar know that there's guys, man, they're like wallpaper, man. They, you know, they're always there. And, uh, and so, um, as, uh, you know, we, I was, I, I was driving by. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, I was a few months into the Lord and not really struggling with drinking or anything, but I, I saw that bar and, and I saw a couple of cars there of, of guys that, you know, I knew hung out there and they were funny guys and stuff. So, you know, I said, you know what, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pull in and see say hi to these guys, you know. And uh, you know, and real quick, man, there was just that that good angel, man, that popped up on my shoulder and said, you know, no, you better not, you know. And you know, I, I went like that, and then and, then, <laughs> and I and I pulled in, you know, I pulled into the parking lot, and uh, and uh, as soon as I, I pulled into the parking lot, my phone rings, and I looked down and and it was Rick, you know, and I said, oh man. You know, and uh, and so I'm still there in the parking lot, and and I I answered the phone, and I said, hey, what's up? And uh, first thing out of his mouth, he said, hey, man, where you at? <laughs> and I said, oh man, I said, do I got to tell you, bro? And he's like, why, man? And I said, dude, I'm over at, I'm in the parking lot of this bar. I was gonna stop in and say hi to somebody, and he's like, you know what you got to do, right? I was like, what, man? He goes, keep driving, bro. And he goes, and you know, he says, you want to pray? And I said, yeah, man. And so we we started praying, you know, and, you know, that prayer lasted long enough for me to be like out of that city, man. And, uh, and you know, what? it was just like I said, when Jonathan came to to uh, uh, to David there amen, and encouraged him and strengthened him. You know what? Sometimes we have no idea how crucial it may be right at that moment. You know, maybe Jonathan maybe even argued with himself, saying, you know what? That's a long way to go, man. You know, it's out of the way. I, you know, I got I got a million other things to be doing. You know, should I really go out? Does he even want to hear from me? He's probably mad at me. My dad want to kill him. You know, <laughs> he's probably, you know, he's probably mad at me too, you know. And, and, and you know, he could have justified it a million different ways on why not to go. But for whatever reason, man, the Lord put it on his heart, and he was obedient to it. And here we are, man, thousands of years later, reading about this account of, of Jonathan going and doing nothing more than encouraging his friend, you know. And I just thought, you know what, man, how lucky we are. You know, we have, we have I think, I mean, I'm partial, man, you know, because I love this church. But, man, I truly, truly believe, man, we are blessed here with people, man, that generally, with all their hearts, man, love each other. And, man, that is a gift from God that, man, I hope we never lose sight of, you know, that we, God has given us, I think, one of the greatest gifts in the world, man, and that's each other, you know. And, man, we need to continue, man. Just lifting each other up, encouraging each other, um, loving each other, and uh, and just allowing, you know, the Holy Spirit, man, to move and guide you. Allow God to speak to you. And, you know, I think we're going to be amazed, man, at what God does. You know, amen? All right, let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for... Ah, your goodness, Heavenly Father, Lord, and, and just how good you are, Lord. It's over and over and over again, Lord, that you show us that, that, Lord, that you're on the throne, Lord. And, and Lord, we get caught up so many times, Lord, in our, in our daily struggles, Lord, and, and in those things, Lord, that seem overwhelming, Lord. But we come to you, Heavenly Father, Lord. We come to you, Lord, in distress, Lord. We come to you in debt. We come to you um, discontented, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, we give these things to you, dear Heavenly Father. We lay them at your feet, Lord. And Lord, we just we ask you for instructions, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you to show us what you want us to do, Lord. And, and Lord, help us to wait on you, Lord, to hear what you have to say. And, and Lord, I just lift up any anybody, Lord, in the body, Lord, that may be discouraged or maybe distressed only father maybe feeling alone uh maybe feeling as though they don't have a friend in the world lord we know that you're our friend lord and you will never leave us nor forsake us but yet at the same time generally father you made us lord in a way that sometimes we need an arm over our shoulder generally father or we need a voice on the other end that is willing to Pray with us, Lord, willing to even cry with us. 
And Lord, I just I thank you for so many times, Lord, over and over, too many to count, dear Heavenly Father, times that you have given that to me. A friend with encouragement, a friend with um, prayer. And Lord, I just thank you for those gifts, dear Heavenly Father, Lord. Now help me to be that kind of friend, dear Heavenly Father. Help me to reach out. Lord, give me your eyes, dear Heavenly Father, that I would see uh, what you see, dear Heavenly Father, Lord. Because a lot of people, they like to put up facades, dear Heavenly Father. They like to say everything's cool when it's not. And so, Lord, help us to see beyond those walls, Lord, that we put up. And, and Lord, to really, really, Lord, with the heart of Jonathan for David, Lord, just love them, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the gifts that you've given this church. And I lift up the entire body to you, Lord. Lift up Manny, the elders, Lord. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would continue to do work in them, Lord. And, and Lord, I just thank you for your goodness, Lord, for your mercies, that your compassion, dear Heavenly Father, your, um, just your long-suffering, Lord, that you put up with us. Lord, I thank you for putting up with me, Lord. I ask all this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.